Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. It's December 31st as I'm recording today. I hope that your 2020 wrapped up well or is wrapping up well. And I wanted to ask you, what was the first moment that you realized change was brewing? When did it first dawn on you that COVID would rock our world? I think it's a question that a lot of us are going to ponder as we look back on 2020. Personally, I recall a sunny morning in February, I was standing at our Shoals crowded kiddush with the congregant, and he told me that he canceled a business trip the previous week due to concern for the virus. It was the first time I heard of a personal acquaintance making a practical decision based on a virus that I associated with the distant city of Wuhan, China. The following weekend, Aviel and I took the kids to the Oregon coast, and while there, I was just getting a, a flow of text and email about this thing called COVID-19. By the time we got back from that weekend, we were busy stocking up on toilet paper. 2020 was a year of difficult changes. Our society has changed. And on a local level, people have been through a lot here, including death of loved ones. A single mom that I know posted on Facebook the other day that her 12-year-old son has been home alone every day since March. Just think about that. But we've made it to January 1st, the new secular year. And as we turn the page on 2020 and we look for new resolutions, we can't just throw away the past. We have to take the foundations of a year where we learned lessons that will fuel our success for the coming months. And on the one hand, the secular calendar is not of particular Jewish or Torah significance, but on the other hand, everyone's talking about it. And one of the ideas out there is that we ought to just leave 2020 behind. And so a word of caution is not so fast. And in today's podcast, let's look back at 2020, because it contains three golden keys that will help us succeed in the coming year. The change in the secular calendar date, of course, coincides with the conclusion of Sefer Breshit, Genesis. And Vayechi marks the end of the period of the Avot, the patriarchs, the passing of Yaakov Avinu, Jacob to the next generation. Yaakov was no stranger to upheaval and calamities, of which he experienced many. And yet, in our Parsha, as he blesses Ephraim and Manasseh, Yaakov affirms that Hamalach Ra, the Malach, the angel, who redeemed me from all evil, will bless these lads and proclaim my name and the name of my fathers upon them. And so although Yaakov faced exile, loss, poverty, danger, and death, He believed it was Hashem who continually redeemed him. When Paro first beheld our father, he was astounded by Yaakov's elderly appearance, and he asked how old he was. And Yaakov responded that he was 130 and that his days were bad and few, and apparently he didn't enjoy the same tranquility and quality of life that his father's experienced. And yet, amazingly, 17 years later, when he died at 147, Listen to what the Torah says, or better yet, doesn't say, about Yaakov. Because commonly, the Torah will remark that one of the patriarchs was 
gathered unto his people via moat, and he died. But when Yaakov passes, though, the Torah omits the important words via moat, and he died. The Torah says, V'yechal Yaakov l'tzavos his banav. Yaakov finished commanding his sons. V'yesof, ragla, v'lamita. He drew his feet onto the bed. V'yigva, v'yesaf, al-amav. And he expired and was gathered unto his people. But it doesn't say, v'yamot, he died. And Rashi seizes the moment with the following comment. Rashi says, U'misalonem rabo. Death is not stated about him. For Amru Razal and our rabbis teach us, Yaakov Avinu Lomes, Yaakov, our father, did not die. So there you have it. Yaakov didn't die. But what's the meaning of this? If Yaakov did not die, could he still be alive? The verses go on to describe how Yaakov was embalmed and eulogized and buried. Did he really not die? And the Maharal of Prague, a great 16th century rabbi, sheds light on this teaching of the Midrash. First, he points out that death is a vacuum of existence. If you are dead, you do not exist. The world is devoid of you. On the other hand, when we are alive, we exist in this world. The Maharal says that when a person dies but leaves a child behind, it's really questionable if we should say that they are dead because In a sense, the deceased parent still exists. They have left a a child in the world. And the world is not truly devoid of that parent's being because they continue to exist on some level through their offspring. Now, you might think that for anyone who leaves a child in this world, we ought to say that they are not dead. And yet, when it comes to the patriarchs, the Torah generally does declare, via mot, and he died. And the reason for this is that when a father dies, their child is still around, but only for a period of time. We can't say that the children are intrinsically and eternally connected to life. Just like the parent has passed, so too the children and even the grandchildren will pass. And so, in fact, when a person passes away, it really is appropriate to say that they have died. But with Yaakov, it's different. He wasn't just the father of some person or group of people who are going to live X number of years. Yaakov was the father of the Jewish people. Unto this very day, we are called B'nai Israel, the children of Israel or Yaakov. And that's why our rabbis teach us Yaakov, our father, did not die, as he still very much is our father and lives through the people that he fathered and the Jewish people are intrinsically attached to life. As the Torah says, You cling to Hashem, your God. You are all living today. And in light of this, Yaakov truly is different than every other parent. He is Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov, the father of the eternal Jewish people. Why is it that the Torah does not mention death explicitly? with regards to Yaakov? The answer is that Yaakov truly did not die. There is no void or lack of his being in the world. His being is still very much in existence as he fathered the Jewish nation who are eternally living. And through his life, he taught us this lesson. Hamalach hagoel osi mikorah, the angel who redeems me from all evil. 
Yaakov experienced many travails, be it exile from his home, or the loss of Rachel, as well as Yosef for 20 years, or the abduction of Dina. And through it all, he kept his vision of who he was and how he was connected to Hashem. He continually came back again and again to the very places of his travails. And after triumph and survival, he dedicated those places to serve and connect to Hashem. He saw the redeeming angel. Yaakov didn't forget about the past. He triumphed and he dedicated the places of struggle to serve God. And likewise, we mustn't forget about 2020. We need to revisit it and dedicate ourselves to its profound lessons. And this is one of the profound foundations of our people. Yaakov taught us that in all times, in every exile, we're connected to our Creator. We dedicate our world to God. Now, because Yaakov Lomace, because he didn't die, his vision lived on. It lived on far past Sefer Breshit until our own days. And our sages have distilled Yaakov's message in each and every generation. One of Yaakov's progeny was Shimon HaTzadik. He was a, a Jewish leader, a Kohen Gadol, a high priest, who lived some 2,300 years ago himself in a time of upheaval. And like Yaakov, Shimon HaTzadik conveyed the message that even in times of threat, our lives are founded on certain pillars. The Mishnah in Pirkei Avos quotes him, Hu Omer, Rabbi Shimon HaTzadik used to say, Al devarim ha'olam omed, the world stands on three things, al Torah, al Avoda, val gemilus chasadim, on Torah, on Avoda divine service, and on acts of kindness. Now, we might think that the pillars of the world are the economy or the government, at certain times the military. Shemna Tzadik taught his generation that the pillars of life go much deeper than that. The pillars of the Torah, its divine service and acts of kindness, all of which connect us to our Creator. That's the clarity that he gave to us. And seeing that as the true basis of our lives, much like Yaakov, seeing that our lives are a vehicle to connect with God. Now, what do these pillars mean practically for us as we turn the page on the 2020 calendar for a new year? And I believe that each of these three foundations sheds light on who we are and how we can be stable in rocky times. Let's consider how each of these truths lays the foundation for our success. The first pillar is that of Torah. And it's the pillar of human change and adaptability. Throughout this pandemic, we've learned that we're capable of changes that we just didn't know we had within us. I recently saw a picture of a mom homeschooling her four kids, something that she would have thought unimaginable just a year ago. And as Jews, we believe in the power of change. The Torah, which is the word of God, is the true instrument of change. Rabbi Akiva once beheld a wellspring dripping on to a rock, carving out a hollow deep within. And he observed that much like water, the words of Torah slowly but surely shape the human heart of flesh. The very premise of Torah is that man can be impacted by the Torah. That's why it's called an esh das, a fiery law. And so the first key that we need to take from 2020 is that we are capable of positive change. And so as you gear up for 2021, 
Keep in mind that the Torah is behind all success. The most critical change for us to go through is to integrate Torah learning, which will drip the water onto our hearts that ultimately shape us in a beautiful way. But the world also stands on avoda, prayer or divine service. Avoda is when we stand before God and realize that as much as we can seek to change our world, the universe is in the Almighty's hands. The basis of our standing in prayer is that for a few moments, we let go of the illusion that we're in control. In those moments, we speak to God and we seek connection with the ultimate cause. This truth has been on display during these baffling months. I mean, the pandemic wrought massive, unthinkable change. Who could have imagined 12 months ago that we'd go through a period of weeks or months when, let's say, every sports stadium on the globe would be closed? And so avoda, prayer, and divine service point to this second mind shift. We need to let go of the illusion that we're in control of our lives. And this is something that Yaakov speaks about in our Parsha. While describing the future successes of Shevet Don, the tribe of Dan, and Shimshon, the warrior and prophet Samson, Yaakov foresees that even Shimshon will eventually fall. And Yaakov pauses and he prays, Li'eshuascha kivisi Hashem, for your saving I hoped, God. Acknowledging that Hashem is the source of ultimate saving. And so as we gear up for a thriving 2021, we strengthen in this resolve to allow ourselves to daven, to let go, and to let God take our lives to the place that he has in store for us. And finally, there is gemilut chesed, bestowing acts of kindness. We cannot remain focused solely on our own lives if we want to thrive. We need to be other-focused. Even in the early days of the pandemic, we really saw this great spirit of human kindness. While some folks hoarded supplies, other folks hunkered down to make sure that their neighbors were taken care of. In our own neighborhood, there were tens of initiatives to deliver food to frontline workers and make and distribute PPE. Just consider the sacrifice of the frontline medical workers. Even as so many people suffered, we still basked in the nobility of human kindness. And so as we enter 2021, we refocus our our lives and ask ourselves, how can we in our life embody the Jewish value of gemilut chesed, doing kindness for others? So remember, look for kindness opportunities close to home, be it in your own home or in shul or at work. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that we need to change the world on a mass scale. Start right here at home and do chesed in your own community, the impact will be felt far and wide. As I look back to 2020 and think about how the pillars of Torah brought sanity to our lives, it's just amazing. We went through so many changes. We saw supermarket shelves that were empty, and we wondered if we were on the verge of an economic catastrophe. And even more, so many people lost loved ones. It's a loss that won't be replaced. But Even still, we knew as Jews that our lives are founded on something. I remember sitting down to the Pesach Seder during the lockdown, and even without the shul, even without coming together, we we had this avoda, we had this service, which was a true pillar of life. The pandemic will pass from our world, and thank God we're, we're fighting it with precautions and with a highly effective vaccine and with prayer, and we will prevail. 
And wherever we go in this journey, we will build our lives in the foundations of Torah, Avodah, and Chesed. These pillars imbue us with meaning and help us thrive in all times. These pillars remind us we are the Jewish people, B'nai Yisrael, and through us, our father Yaakov is still alive. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week to discuss the burning bush. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and this is the Torah Journey Podcast.